Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of Accelerating Texas K-12 Education. I'm your host, J.W. Marshall with Summit K-12, and we're so excited that you found us on today's episode. We have a very exciting guest uh, for this episode. We have with us Jen Meyer. Uh, Jen is the Senior Coordinator of Elementary Science at Leander ISD and also the Science Teachers Association of Texas, also known as STAT, President. Jen, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks, JW. And we like to start every episode with the same question. Uh, if you could explain to our audience, who are you and what do you love about what you do? Oh, okay. Um, so uh, my name is Jennifer Meyer. I am the elementary science coordinator, as you said. Um, I have been an educator for 27 years, um, have taught uh, elementary, middle school, special education, um, and now find myself as the coordinator for elementary science in, in our district. Our district is about um, is about over 40,000 students. And uh, it's been an interesting but an exciting educational career. I never thought that I would be here today, um, but it's, it's where I want to be. And um, the teachers and the other educators that I work with are incredible. Um, the things that we're doing and the ways that we're overcoming challenges are are things that I have never seen um, in my previous 25 years. So it's been these past two years, I've been able to see a lot. I'm for the children. I love science. I love seeing science happen in the classroom. I love to have students engage in inquiry and hands-on instruction. Um, I really believe in science education as as for myself, just that's the way we look at the world and wonder about the world. Being able to work with other people, being able to help other people see that wonder is, is what I love about my job. Be it a student, being a teacher, be it a campus administrator or a parent, just be able to show them the wonder and awe of the world through science and how science actually impacts us on a daily basis is, is incredible. Tell us a little bit about um, the STAT organization. So the Science Teachers Association of Texas is an association that's been around for over 50 years. Um, I'm currently the president of the association, but we are ever actually governed by an executive board consisting of myself and eight other people. We are a board that is very diverse coming from, we have educators that are in the classroom, um, coordinators, um, our informal educators, the, actually the president-elect is an informal educator. We have representation from um, also the college aspect, working at um, different universities. And together, we are an association that provides just an educational resource to the science education community. Um, teachers, um, campus administrators, we actually are working to help support our pre-service teachers in college and universities, as well as being a resource for our um, career and technology educators as well, because we know a lot of them um, and our STEM courses actually feed into science as well. So we're just trying um, to be the best resource that we can to support the science education community. Tell us a little bit more about some of the specific STAT initiatives that you have going right now. Sure. So we actually just completed our strategic plan. This was um, a work in the making from several presidents 
pre previous to me, um, but we were working on what we're looking at is how can we really um, move our organization in the next direction. And within the past two years, COVID has been an issue, but it's also given us an opportunity to reevaluate and really look at what are those goals and objectives we want. So one of the things in our strategic plan is just to continue to be that resource, that number one resource for our teachers in Texas for science education and the community. Um, it's something that we really feel passionate about and knowing that we have new TEKS that have just been adopted. Um, it's a great opportunity for us to engage educators and support educators with that initiative. Even though they're not gonna be implemented in 2024, it's a great time to start. The other thing that we're working on is just making sure that we're, we're having the access to reach out to our membership and to be an inspiration and provide that membership value. Um, we want our educators to have an opportunity to connect with each other. And so we have a platform um, through our stat web. If you are a member, it's free. It's called stat 365 and any educator, um, can go on and ask a question, can look for a resource. It's a great way just to connect and find others that are in the same situation. We found that a lot of people were reaching out in regards to virtual instruction, because we know that virtual instruction for science can be really difficult um, as when you really want that hands-on inquiry approach, when you're face-to-face you're -face with a child over a screen, how do you have that same kind of connection and same kind of experience? The other thing that we're working on is just continuing to develop relationships. Um, this past year with our Science Takes for Vision, we've been able to strengthen the relationship with our affiliate associations in support of our Science Takes adoption, as well as with TEA, because we are partners in this. So just continuing to work on that. And then the last part of our strategic plan is really just making sure that we're growing um, our, our educators in our state, as well as um, just being fiscally responsible as an association um, to make sure that we are doing what's right and just by our members. You mentioned that you're taking these last two years to really you know, take stock and, and evaluate the, the direction overall. Um, I think that relates a lot with uh, our schools and our school districts, uh, taking everything that they've learned um, over the last two years and, and you know, reimagining, re you know, what school should be and, and what uh, the curriculum should be from a science perspective, of course, with the new TEKS. But what have you seen from your members as far as are they taking any kind of new direction going in, hopefully out of the pandemic and into uh, 2022? So what we're seeing is a lot of educators really rethinking what they're doing in the classroom and how they can better engage our students. Um, we have seen that it's it's really been a transformational year for instructional purposes. How can we make sure that what we're doing instructionally is the best practices that we wanna see in the classroom? In some cases, just the, that reflection piece of how can we know that our students are coming to us with opportunities that they may have not had. And so how can we build in those opportunities and those educational experiences to really connect the real world and what they know about it to the classroom? You mentioned the new TEKS earlier. For those in our audience that aren't familiar with the new TEKS or the TEKS in general for science, um, give us just a little background or your take on what are the main differences um, in the revised TEKS that are going to be coming up in 2024? 
That's a really good question and a big one. Um, so our science teaks, we were fortunate that our state board of education decided to um, highly suggest that the work groups that were working on the revised teaks, um, I guess, utilize the K-12 framework. So the science um, K-12 framework is research that a lot of uh, a lot of states have utilized to create their standards. It's research based, but it really Glad talks about how science is best instructed in the classroom and what are those practices that we want to see. And so the framework really talks about even though we want to say inquiry, it goes beyond inquiry and it's no longer just memorization of discrete facts. But really, we want them to be able to understand and have that critical thinking about science and that problem solving. How does that apply to other situations? And so by utilizing the K-12 framework, we have been able to bring in two things that um, may have been there in the past, but we're really focusing on. And those are our science and engineering practices and the um the framework calls them the cross-cutting concepts, but uh, we're referring to them in Texas as the reoccurring themes and concepts. The science and engineering practices, so for us, they're very similar to our current process skills, but they actually are grade-banded, which allows that um, vertical progression as our students are going through um, their education K-12, how they can see, we can see these particular concepts and skills like asking questions or analyzing, interpreting data. What does that look like at the end of between kinder and second grade, kind of that second grade band, again in fifth grade, eighth grade, and then what do we ultimately want our students in our state to be able to um, leave our system with? In addition, we have the reoccurring themes and concepts, which are very similar to our big ideas that we've had as an introduction in our TEKS, but now it's really thinking purposefully of how we can utilize that particular concept, such as a pattern, and weave it throughout the different strands of science. So one of the things the framework brings to us is what we call a three-dimensional approach. And so what we do is, um, it's a standard, so our content standard, our TEK, that we traditionally had our student expectation, but how do we layer that science and engineering practice on top of it? So what are we doing? So this is the what, right? And then the science and engineering practices, the how, how we're going about it. And then the reoccurring theme and concept is actually the why. So now we have this three-dimensional approach that we can utilize. Um, one of the other things that are coming out is with our new science teaks is that the concept of phenomena. So while we're doing that three-dimensional, no longer we're we doing it in isolation, just we're gonna talk about this and then we're gonna move on, but we have this overarching phenomena that we tie that to. And so our students, that phenomena is a real world connection. So our students are able to make that connection, have that critical thinking, think about why they see particular things or why this is happening in the world, and then be able to make sense of the science. That is a lot of uh, change, <laughs> it feels like, uh, but it seems like it has been very thoughtful in the way that they're layering it in. Is this something that science teachers are excited about? The science teachers that I've worked with are very excited about it. Um, one of the things that we have begun to notice though is not all science teachers are aware of it. So in CAST, um, this past November, when we were able to be in person at our conference, Conference for the Advancement of Science Teaching, which STAT puts on every fall. We had many sessions that were regarding the framework and then also the, just the new TEKS and trying to get that out to our science educator community. Um, 
for we're about to launch um, CAST 24-7. So that's going to be an online virtual platform that brings some of those sessions from CAST in November. And also we haven't incorporated new sessions. And we have some people that have pre-recorded some sessions for us that we're able to share um, new learning. So even if you had gone to CAST, you can you can do more. But we have many sessions that are referring to um, our new TEKS and trying to get that word out about what these changes mean and how these changes will affect us in the upcoming years. And you beat me to my next question. I was gonna say that most uh, probably no stat for the CAST conference. It's a, a legendary statewide uh, science conference uh, that many of our listeners have probably attended, uh, if not once, many times over the decades. Um, tell us a little bit about the way that CAST, the conference, has evolved through the last couple of years of the pandemic from virtual to hybrid. Um, and now why are you moving into this new CAST 24-7? So um, similar to most programs and even, you know, education in 2020, we just we didn't know it was going to be happening. And with the pandemic, um, so we went to a virtual cast. That was our first time, but we felt like it was still important to provide um, this experience for our educators, even though we could not be face to face. Then, you know, as a as a board, we really had some searching to do because we weren't even sure this past fall if we were going to be able to offer it in person. But at the time, um, you know, numbers were going down and everything was looking great. And we were able to host it in person, had about 2,000 people, which was fantastic to see everybody together um, right before, you know, the, the, the Omicron um, increase. But as a board, we felt like it was really important knowing that not everybody could join us last fall. We had received a lot of feedback from our membership that the virtual cast really worked well for them. It was great that they could have the content and be able to access it for a time period and then um, kind of watch it on demand if need be. And so we decided that we wanted to continue that this year to see um, and to provide that resource to our members um, as a way for them to connect and also learn just providing that opportunity. There we go. And I was at the uh, CAST conference. I think you all did a phenomenal job. Um, and I actually really liked the approach that you're taking with doing the live conference and then following it up with the virtual. Um, it's so difficult for conferences trying to do the hybrid at the same time of the online and the on-site and the online crowd usually gets a, a second rate experience. So I love that you guys are, are doing an online only as a follow-up. Um, how did you have that idea and, and you know, what most excites you about being able to provide this I'm assuming on more of an ongoing opportunity throughout the year as well. Yes, definitely. So we were really, really, we learned a lot um, when we went virtual and how we can utilize and create a conference that was, you know, vir a virtual conference online. And so as we were starting to plan, we really want to be, a, one of our goals is to be a, the resource for science educators. And so how can we go beyond just cast at one time here it is and we also know that you know there are many different sessions that are happening at cast at the same time and so how can we give people that opportunity where there might be two or three sessions that they want to go to but they have to select that one and so by providing a virtual option this allows them now to be able to go back and in some cases watch the ones that they wanted to attend but weren't on weren't able to. Um, 
one of the other things that we love is that, you know, word of mouth. So often you get go to a conference and you're like, oh, so-and-so was the greatest, you know, this was a great presenter and I learned all this information and you don't have the opportunity to go back and hear that person. And so by providing this virtual cast, people can go back and listen to them as well. So we're really trying to meet the needs of our membership, listen to the feedback we received. Um, and, you know, this is this is a pilot for us. We haven't done this in the past. You, typically, we only do one conference. Um, so for us to do a second one, we're really, you know, we're going to see how it goes and um, learn from there. And you're also doing a collaboration with NSTA. Can you talk to us a little bit about what NSTA is and that collaboration? Sure. So that's the National Science Teaching Association. Um, STAT is an affiliate of NSTA. And we have a great opportunity. So NSTA, similar to um, everybody else, they are going to be back in person. And they happen to be in Houston this year, which just happens to be in the great state of Texas. So um, typically, we, since we're an affiliate, we, we do collaborate. But this is a little bit different this year. NSTA is working with us to create a stat strand and it is specific to our Texas revised teaks and starting to get, like we mentioned before, getting the word out. So we actually have educators that were part of the teaks revision process and the work groups that are presenting on how they created the elementary, middle school, and high school teaks. And um, we have a person from NSTA um, that talks very often about the three-dimensional approach. She's coming in and doing that session. Um, there's gonna be a session that myself, um, Terry White, he is a director for Texas, New Mexico, and uh, like the Southern portion of the United States for NSTA, but he's also a past president of STAT. So, and um, another lady from NSTA, we're doing a session on the science and engineering practices. So we're taking what the framework is and translating it into the Texas um, science and engineering practices to help our educators make that connection. So that strand is something that we have not done before with STAT and NSTA, but we're very excited about that collaboration. In addition, there is, um, NSTA had a grant through ExxonMobil. And so ExxonMobil was offering, I think it was to 35 different districts. They could select a team of five to come out and join them for this professional learning opportunity that would take place over the next 18 months. And so our stat strand is part of that professional learning opportunity for those teachers. In addition, we are providing that opportunity then for that NSTA ExxonMobil, um, those grant recipients to come to CAST. So it's, it's really trying to get that collaboration because what, who it's benefiting are our educators, our science educators. And then in addition, the ones that really are getting it are our students, which we really want to see that difference there. Okay, so we'll shift gears just a little bit um, and talk about the thing that everyone doesn't love to talk about, uh, which is learning loss, or as I think most people more accurately refer to it as unrealized learning. Um, give us your take on for science. Um, is it similar? Is it different than what we're experiencing for reading and math and other subject areas? Or is there anything specific to science that um, is going to be different in, in tackling this challenge? Um, because it is a real thing and we really, you know, need to focus on it. And again, that's our whole point for this show is accelerating Texas education. So um, we'd love to hear your take on how we can accelerate science education uh, in face of the challenges we've uh, had the last two years. Yeah. So I would say in some cases, 
as a science educator and with our students, our students are still experiencing the world. And so for science, that's what we're all about is making those connections to real world. So our students may have actually seen more things and made able to interact with um, their environment more because of COVID in some situations than they have previously. But we, and I think it's important for us to take advantage of those situations and make those connections in our classroom. Um, we like to say that our students really don't have a learning loss. It's we're meeting them where they're at and we're helping them grow. And so how do we continue to have those experiences? So in science, how, what experiences are we providing in the classroom and what connections are we making? Are we allowing our students to ask the questions? Are we allowing them to wonder? Um, or are we just telling them? If we're allowing our students to have that opportunity, to have the inquiry, to be investigators, to be um, critical thinkers, then they're gonna make connections and we're gonna, we can support them in making that connection to the real world, which will help them. Um, one of the benefits too, is we're, we're talking about science concepts. And so how can we tie in different concepts together and not in isolation? So if we're talking about ecosystems, are we talking about the soil? Are we talking about the air? Are we talking about the water, the structures, the functions of plants and animals? Are we talking about the properties that allow that to happen, the forces that are occurring in the systems? Or are we just talking about that one thing? And so as science educators, I think it's really important for us to be very strategic as we are thinking about our students, but our students are our learners. The learning didn't stop because of COVID. Um, it's, it was just a different type of learning. And how are we capitalizing on that different type of learning to help grow them? Taking the, the challenge and making it into an opportunity. Um, obviously, there's a lot of science involved and in what we've all been dealing with as well and, and hitting that head on. Um, probably has been helpful for a lot of science educators as well to, to use the, the subject matter of the day um, to, to tie it back into why science is so important um, to build vaccines and things like that. Um, well, we always like to end our shows on a half glass full optimistic uh, note. And I know um, you didn't get to talk about all of the great uh, strategic initiatives that, that STAT has earlier. And so I'd love for you to tell us more good stuff about um, what STAT um, is up to and the direction that you guys are headed, taking here in 2022. No, definitely. So we have some great things happening. Um, I mentioned earlier, but we're really trying to work with the pre-service teachers to help them develop um, the relationship with STAT and utilize STAT as a resource. In addition, we've had a committee that's been working actually for the past year and a half. So they started during COVID um, with diversity, equity, and inclusion. And how are we framing that in science education? Um, we feel like it's really important for us to be looking at how we can improve and meet the needs of all students and teachers um, across our state. All right, one of my favorite questions to ask uh, science leaders uh, is about the shift over time from STEM to STEAM to STREAM to maybe there's another letter added in. And at some point, hopefully, are we gonna come to where science is just incorporated into everything we're doing? Because it seems like adding everything in is taking science from um, uh, you know, a non-core area to part of the core by incorporating it into everything. Um, do you think it's been a good thing to go through this evolution and, and are we going to get to a point where science really is just part of the core along with reading and math and everything else? That's a really good question. Um, and I know we have in, in our district have struggled with that as well. 
we have actually a, a STEM elementary campus and we debated calling it STEAM or STREAM. We've even heard hamster um, before um, for the humanities, arts, math, science, technology, engineering, and reading, I believe it was. Um, but we decided that we would go with STEM because it really is about the science, technology, engineering, and math, and the other components are naturally there. If you're really doing what um, STEM is, we have the arts there, we have the language arts there. We're, we're really incorporating and looking at the diverse perspectives. It's not just um, blinders on. As for science being a core content, I, I believe science is the core content. I believe that in order to have language arts and math, they have to make sense in place. And where do they make sense? They make sense in science. We utilize language arts to make sense of our world with science. We use math to understand and analyze and interpret data and solutions. So for myself, my, my, my other coordinators might not agree with me, but um, I really believe that science drives other subject areas. It drives social issues as well in social studies. Things happen because of science. So it, I really believe things aren't in isolation, but we're all together. That's a great answer. Um, last question. Um, what would you say are the top couple of things, or maybe the top one thing, as Texas science educators and as a system, can we do to continue to move up the ranks, to, to make science, uh, you know, in Texas number one in the country? Is there, uh, what do you think our path forward in that regard is? I would say as science educators, to realize that we're just as important and as important as a concept as math and language arts and social studies as well. Um, that science is important. Science is important to our society. If you look at the data that shows careers in Texas for the next 10 to 15 years or careers that need people, they are science-based careers. And so it's our, I feel like I, I'm very passionate that it's my job and our job as educators to prepare our students for the future. In preparing them, we need to prepare them with the resources as science educators to be scientifically literate. That doesn't mean that they have to choose a science or STEM career, but if they choose to, they have the skills necessary to be successful. And one last question, um, give us a little more information about where we can um, follow STAT, where we can connect with you, um, as well as any other opportunities um, for volunteers or to get involved with STAT. Well, you can always connect with STAT on statweb.org. Um, that is our, our webpage. Yes, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. In addition, we are currently um, in the process of nominations for new STAT board members. So if there's anybody interested in serving on our STAT board, we are looking for energetic, exciting science educators that are willing to help us change the world. And that application is also available on the statweb.org website. Jen Myers, thank you so much uh, for your time today and lending your insights and your experience um, to this conversation around accelerating Texas K-12 education, specifically to science. Um, I learned a lot today, as I often do uh, in these episodes. And so we uh, really appreciate your time and speaking with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Awesome. And for my audience, thank you again for joining uh, the episode. We appreciate all of the uh, sharing uh, on social media, all the comments, all the feedback that you give to us on each episode. Um, be sure to check out past episodes on our website or anywhere that you consume your podcast. Thanks again for joining us and always, always keep learning.